Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, uh, May 24th. What's going on? How are you? How's it going? How are you? How are you? Um, it's fucking hilarious. My producer was telling me, like, Jesus Christ, Bill, what the fuck did you talk about in the last podcast? Everybody's coming at me. <laughs> Oh, shit. Oh, fucking Billy fucking bummed out the last podcast and everybody fucking attacks fucking Andrew. Leave the guy alone. All right. He's not the reason for any of my bullshit. I'm going. This is all good shit. I'm I'm working my way through the catacombs. You know, I'm going to have good days and bad days. All right. Everybody fucking relax. Okay. I like this shit. I like how every time you do anything, then people reach out just to know you can, you can fucking call somebody. Um, I'm so fucked up. Those messages make me angry. <laughs> I know it's not you. It's me. Uh, but anyway, I appreciate the concern. I'm fine. All right. I'm not going to off myself. I'm just fucking going through some depressing shit. I got kids. I'm not going to off myself. All right. The fucking Bruins are looking great. They're up three games to one. I'm not. Yeah, everything's fine. All right, I just got some bullshit I need to fucking clean out of the attic there um, so I can stop fucking, you know, being a douche to people that I love around me, you know? End the cycle. You get a car and you get a car. I'm trying to do some Oprah shit here. Uh, anyway, anyways, I've been, oh, let me shut off my phone here. If you guys are into the Real Housewives, which somehow I'm finally into, which has really been a great thing for me and my wife, I'm actually, I just fucking watch it now, and I've, I've given in, and I just make fun of them, and it's the one show where I can talk and just interrupt, and my wife doesn't give a fuck, because there's really nothing to follow, and because of that, I've now been listening to this podcast called... Uh, uh, Guess what crappens now or whatever. It's it's making fun of the it does the review of the uh, Andy Cohen show when he gets them all together, which is like Sports Center for the for the Real Housewives, and he gets them all going again. And I just been listening to that podcast, and I can't get those fucking impressions. I don't even know what women they're imitating, but they're fucking hilarious. And one of them does this incredible Andy Cohen impression. Um, I don't know somehow, yeah. I'm trying to, uh, I don't know. I got sucked into all of that. I just, I fucking just gave in. I gave in. And, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, in a relationship, if you just give up, sometimes if you just give up in certain areas, it's fine. It, it, it is okay. You don't have to always win, you know, but it is nice to win sometimes, you know, which is something that, you know, a lot of these broads, are not in touch with, you know, because if, if you're going to fucking win on some point, it's like, OK, I guess we'll do that then. And then you got to deal with their fucking mood. It's like that's you're not you're not coming along for the ride here. No, what? I'm just sitting here. Don't do that passive aggressive shit. Why are you yelling? You gaslit me. I want to go home. That's how that used to go now. So what you do now, <laughs> what you got to do is you have to be like, okay, so my options are basically do what you want. Let me finish. Do what you want to do. 
or we actually get to do what I want to do, but you're going to pout the whole time. I'm not going to pout. Look at your face. Come on, you got a little fucking reverse selfie camera there. Take a picture of your face right now. Tell me that's not pouting right now. You know, you look like that dog nobody picked down at the pound. All right, so... um, yeah, yeah, I, I can't even get into the, the silly one we had uh, yesterday. They're all silly fights after a while. I miss having her on the podcast, but, you know, we got the kids now. So it's like when I do the podcast, she has to watch the kids. So one of these days I'm going to have uh, somebody over here watching the kids and I'll get her back on the podcast because um, I am presenting way too much of a one-sided look at my life. Um, but anyway, uh, yesterday... Saturday, because the pandemic, I didn't have any shows or anything, so I just hanged with my wife, and we went out, got a babysitter, and we went out, and uh, I went to an art show, which is something I would never do back in the day. Like, I was so homophobic, I couldn't even go to an art show. (laughs) It was like... Paintings like, oh, there's not guys fucking beating each other up and being all sweaty, rolling all over each other. I'm not going to this. This is too gay, right? It's fucking hilarious. Then you see what I'm watching. It's like, I don't know, Bill. I think uh, looking at a painting, you might have some tendencies there, Bill. You keep watching all these fucking, you like wrestling, Bill? <laughs> these guys walking around, oiled up, shirtless, flexing their pecs. Um, but you know that was that was a, it was a different time. So um, so anyway, so I skip into this gallery yesterday. Get totally confident in my sexuality um, with my wife. And it's the second time I've done that, and I have thoroughly enjoyed it both times. It's 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 a completely different uh, mix of people, and the two times that. She has taken me to these events is they're actually paintings of stuff I recognize. In other words, it's stuff from this dimension where like, you know, I don't like that shit where it just looked like somebody had a temper tantrum and there was paint close by. Um, I do get it a little bit looking at a canvas and if there's colors that I like that make Give me a, 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 a happy mood feeling, I guess. But it's like, I ain't paying fucking, you know, I wouldn't buy one of those things. I'm just saying, I mean, if I was gonna, it's like, dude, you just fucking vomited all over this canvas and you, you want how much for this shit? Oh, fuck out of here. This looks like a casino rug. Um, which, by the way, I learned that the reason why they have those super colorful crazy patterns on the casino rugs is because people are spilling drinks and yakking and doing all kinds of shit, dropping their cracked fucking rocks on it. It all sort of blends in. Um, it's a way to keep it uh, not looking so drab and shabby or whatever. So anyway, so we went to this thing and uh, got to give a shout out. I, I want to make sure I'm saying the right people. I think they were the Perez brothers. They had this fucking sick painting of, um, you know, the lowriders with the hydraulics and the guys stand next to the car. It's like they're holding a Game Boy, whatever the fuck that is. They drew a picture of two of those cars with, you know, two of the guys doing it with the sick fucking paint jobs and then a bunch of people standing around watching it and then everything else, there was nothing else there. Everything else was just a white background. Let me see here. 
the Perez brothers. Oh, fuck. Come on, Bill. I picked the wrong Latino name. Here we go. Now, wait a minute. I followed him on Instagram. God damn it. Did I say the wrong name? No, I found him. The Perez Bros, B-R-O-S. They have they make the these uh like these paintings. This is like something I look at and I like I like that shit. So I mean I I didn't think that I was gonna go into that gallery yesterday and see uh you know a painting of cars, custom cars and stuff. So anyway, we did that. We had a great time. My wife's over the moon that I'm actually doing this stuff and I'm actually in it, into it. And then, um, all right, we got to, I'm, I'm back people. I just had to cut something out because I would, my wife would have fucking killed me if I, anyway, um, what was I going to say? Um, so anyway, after the, the fucking, um, the, uh, the gallery, you know, and I thought it was going to be like a bunch of people walking around with those big black, black frame glasses, you know, you know, look all a bunch of weirdos and stuff. And it wasn't, it was a really cool mix of people. So afterward, I go, all right, how about, uh, you know, how about a little meat thing here? We'll go down to a cigar bar. Cause I made the mistake of smoking one last week. So now I'm kind of back on them. Um, and I went down and I smoked a cigar and I got to tell you, I didn't enjoy it. I enjoyed the cigar, but I didn't enjoy being back into that world. And uh, I've decided I'm not smoking again until uh, my buddy comes out here in like June. And then the next time I'll smoke after that is once in July when I'm in Vegas. And then, I don't know, if I go to like a football game in the fall, I really just want them to be like last week when I smoked one, I hadn't smoked in three, four months. Bobby Kelly was in town. We went over to a buddy's house. He made this unbelievable steak. And like, that's the way you do it. You don't just do it because you, you smoked it. Now you got the craving. Then it's just, then you're just a fiend. And uh, I don't want to do that. So um, I'm back off him again. Um yeah, for a while or whatever. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to learn how to do shit in moderation, basically. So anyway, so we went there and I smoked it and I was just like, I enjoyed it, but I was just like, ah, fuck, now I'm doing this again. So that was sort of a, you know, people, they were cool though. I love cigar people and the cigar was delicious, but I just felt like, ah, fuck, why did I do that? I had my second one too close to the last time. So now it's going to get its hooks in me again. So now I just got to white knuckle it for the rest of fucking, you know, the next couple, two, three weeks. And then towards the end of next month or whatever, I'll have one and I'll be all right. <laughs> That's how I plan on doing it. So um, then we ended up, uh, I needed a new hoodie and I'm trying to find a fucking hoodie. They're not making hoodies anymore. Everything's all about the pullovers and all of that shit. And then I finally ended up finding one. And I liked everything about it except the people that made it had their name on the right shoulder, like right where you'd have like a tattoo. And I didn't like it because it kind of made it look like I worked for them. Um, so I came home and I was able to remove it. 
and uh, and I'm psyched. That's all I need. I just need a nice fucking hoodie because all my hoodies were getting fucking worn out. And I was kind of coming down to the point where the only one I really had was that was still in decent shape was one from the Jimmy Kimmel show. And you can't walk around outside your house wearing a TV credit or else you look like a douche. Like, oh, look at me. I'm in show business, right? Which, speaking of which, and I want, I want you guys to find, I think I was in a porno. I really thought about what I was talking about the other day. I think I'm in the opening, the cold open to a porno. All right? And I want you guys to find it. <clears throat> Here's the deal. I was driving my car up on Mulholland. I'm telling this story again in case you missed the last episode. And I came around the corner and there was two chicks wearing next to nothing, oiled up, walking a dog down the street. I mean, they were basically naked, right? And I was like, what the fuck? I immediately thought it was like a prank show. Um, and the more I thought it, I was like, that, they were stealing a shot. Stealing a shot means you don't have a permit to shoot. So they probably just pulled up and said, okay, uh, you know, we're going to do like a drone thing or some, or they, somebody was shooting it from somewhere and they just had him walking down the street. So if you see a porno and it starts off, it was a black chick and either a Latin, Latin chick or an Italian chick or something like that. And I'm on the same side of the street. It's a green Jaguar. And if you see some bald, freckled guy like, oh, like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> That's me. And I want credit that I'm in that fucking video. Um, so there you go. See, now back in the day, you know, there was a thing where I don't even, I don't know if it ever worked, but you always heard these stories of how these beautiful w- women got discovered. Like, you know, uh, this, or like, even like guys, like I remember that, that kid from the Terminator, we saw him in a mall. Casting director saw him in a mall. We're like, oh, let's make this person famous. And, you know, possibly fuck up their life, you know, their lives, right? And there was always these stories about, like, um, I wasn't even in show business. I was just pretty, and they noticed me, right? So people were like, you know, it's not the way it is now, where the Kardashians showed you what you have to do is fucking blow somebody on camera, and then you'll be a billionaire, right? That, that, that option didn't exist back then, all right? You were either a commercial actor, a TV actor, a movie star, or you were in porn. You couldn't just jump all around like these free agents in the fucking NBA going, where's the best deal for me? Right? So there was this thing out here where women would go dress hot because they knew that fucking agents were down there and managers and shit. Right. And then the managers would go down there. Do you got to go down there? There's a bunch of hot chicks. Right. And they when they would go down there. And then then it was that weird dance. Right. The weird dance. Like, I want to rep you slash fuck you. I want to be represented, but I don't want to fuck you. There was this whole fucking game that was going on. So back in the day, if I saw that, like when I lived out here in the 90s, I would have been like, if I saw that, I would be like, oh, well, they're going extra hard trying to get a fucking agent um, or a manager. But now it's like, well, they could just do that on Instagram from the safety of their own home, start their own brand, 
and not have a manager or an agent and just be like, you know, like, oh, yeah, yeah. Here's my titties. You like these? Yeah, you fucking like them. You know, whatever the fuck they do. And make fucking a whole bunch of money and become like an influencer. All right? There's no reason to do that anymore. Unless they didn't pay their cable bill. But even then, though, their cell phone bill. I don't know. I'm convinced it was a porno. I have no idea. Um, And I'm still also, I I watched... um, I owe Dirty Harry, the movie Dirty Harry, an apology because I lumped it in to all of those those fucking uh, movies that were rip off. I probably of Dirty Harry, where they were basically doing the uh, the white cop goes into the not white neighborhood because he's going to clean it up and never address that that neighborhood is like that because of the oppression of white people. Dirty Harry is not that movie. It's a fucking great movie, and. Um, it doesn't even have that. I don't feel it. it even has that element in there. So I wanted to uh, correct what the fuck I said. I watched the rest of Dirty Harry. And I got to tell you, man, that fucking scene where he's standing on the bridge. And then the bus comes underneath, which, by the way, he did that fucking stunt. It's just it's fucking I don't know how he knew to stand on that bridge, but it was fucking I it's fucking it's such a fucking badass shot and when that piece of shit he's in the bus oh my god he slaps that fat kid um the kid's crying and shit um that fucking the look on that actor's face when he sees dirty harry up on the bridge is just fucking priceless so i watched magnum force and now i'm watching the enforcer so here you go so the first dirty harry came out in 71 magnum force was 73 and then uh, the Enforcer was 76. So, so far, the cars that Clint has driven, he, I think he had a, I think it was a 1968 Ford Custom 500 was the first one. Then he had a 72 Ford LTD green. I love a green car. He had that in Magnum Force. And then for whatever reason, in, in the Enforcer, I kind of like this choice. He's driving a, a car that's like four years old. It's a 72 Plymouth, no longer a Ford. He's got a Plymouth satellite. Um, what are you doing, Harry? Well, he asked for a car. Okay. Well, I'm going to give him a car. <laughs> he drives it through the front of the liquor store. If you're into body count, the one that has the, the highest body count is uh, Magnum Force. Comes out at 30 bodies. All right. Just to break it down for you, because I know a lot of you play fantasy football. There's four creeps in a car. Then there's four guys in a liquor store. Three in and one out. And there's a great thing where he throws one of the guys in the liquor store, throws this kid with a numbered shirt from the 70s into a display inside the liquor store. And uh, I got a kick out of that. I was like, that that really is the cinematic version (laughs) of being a kid in the 70s. You had a numbered shirt, and there was some adult manhandling you that was really not part of your family whatsoever. And then they you'd get thrown into something, and then your parents would just be like, well, you know, what the fuck did you say? Well, what you should have listened to him. When the gym teacher tells you to do jumping jacks, you do the fucking jumping jacks, right? So four creeps in the car, four guys, three guys in the liquor store, the driver outside, six people at the pool, four people in a high-rise uh, a hooker kills a pimp kills a hooker and then the pimp gets killed 
Four hoods in a hideout, five cops and one police commissioner for a grand total of 30. Phenomenal films. Phenomenal films. My favorite one right now is I like The Enforcer because it's actually really fits in today with like um, all the progressive. And I'm not saying this in a negative way, but all the ways that things have changed, because not all of progressive shit has been bad. Okay, not all of feminism is bad. Not all of being a hipster is bad. Where people say, you know, hipsters do like a lot of good shit and they do know where the good food is. It's not all fucking bad, right? It's like my act. You know, there's a couple of stinkers in there, but, you know, overall, I think there's some good jokes. I think you can hang with me for an hour. Um, So in the 1972 one, I really recommend you watch him in order so you can really just follow the development of, of Harry Callahan. In the 1972 one, The Enforcer, I just started watching. I'm about 20 minutes in. So um, it's very progressive in that, you know, <laughs> the first one, his, uh, his partner's Latino, probably played by an Italian guy. Who's kidding who, right? But anyway, it's supposed to be Latino. Maybe he's Latino. I don't know. And then the next one, his partner's black. And then this one, I think he's going to get a woman partner, which isn't good because when you're a partner with Harry Callahan, you're going to get paralyzed. You're going to get blown up at a mailbox. Like shit's going to fucking happen to you, right? I should have said spoiler alert for all of this shit. So in The Enforcer, they want to have more women on the force, right? And they're explaining why and the lady's going, my name is Ms. something or other, right? So the establisher is the feminist. And she's going, how, you know, we're going to try to get rid of the, the Neanderthal or Neanderthal, however you say that word, element on the cops. And Clint's just looking at her. I think we need more females on it. And this is his, his response to more women on the force was, he just goes, well, isn't that fancy? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to tell you right now, I'm stealing that. The next time somebody said, we need more women coaches in the NFL, I'm just be like, well, well, isn't that fancy? <laughs> uh, why can't they just go to the WNBA and build a league? Oh, they don't want to. They want to go to the ones that's already built. I'm kidding. There's football fans that have both genitalia, Bill. It's time to be progressive. Well, isn't that fancy? Um, all right. I have, uh, I'm trying to go through what my walk-on music is going to be for my tour. I always have something that I come out to. And I, I've narrowed it down to a few. Uh, and one of the ones that I've just been fast, because I woke up one day and the song was in my head, was Paula Abdul, it's, uh, The Way That You Love Me. <laughs> so I find this song fascinating because I've thought about the song I don't know why, but there's so many different ways to read this song. So it's this chick, she's dating this fucking dude who's, you know, he's got all of this stuff. And she's basically saying it's not all this stuff that you have and it's not all this shit that you're doing. It's the way that you love me. But she's really listing all of this shit. And she knows all of this shit that he has right down to the point she can not only... 
inventory all the stuff he has, she can also make it rhyme while she's doing it. So she's very, she's well aware of what's, I'll read you some of the lyrics. Um, it ain't, it's, uh, it ain't the clothes that you wear. It ain't the things that you buy. It ain't your house on the hill. It, it, it ain't the plane that you fly. This guy has a house on the hill. He's flying planes, right? It ain't your black limousine. It ain't your 90-foot roll of the eyes. Yacht, little dick joke in there. It ain't the things that you'll get. It ain't the things that you got. It ain't the money or the diamond rings. Honey, I ain't impressed with your material things. It's the way that you love me, baby. Um, (laughs) So this guy's got a 90-foot yacht. Or maybe she's saying he's got a big dick. I think that that's what it's supposed to be. 90-foot yacht, I mean, it's a million a meter. So that's about 30 million bucks right there if I do the metrics right. Thank you, MotoGP, for me learning the metric system a little bit. Um, it's not any of that shit. It's the way that, that, that he loves her. It ain't your friends at the top. It ain't their fortune and fame. So, you know, celebrity and, you know, rich fucking people. Uh, it ain't your heavy connections. It ain't the Hollywood game. It ain't the fam- famous people or the parties they throw. Honey, I ain't impressed with all the people you know. It's the way that you love me. In the heat of the night. It's the way that you love me. Baby. I just like the way she goes, baby. Um, when you love me right, baby, and the things that you do, baby, makes me crazy for you. All right? So this guy's doing all of this stuff, and he's also putting it on her, basically. All right? So here's a... Here we, uh, the trips to Brazil... It ain't the weekends in Rome. It ain't the French Riviera. You know, I'd rather stay home. It ain't the Bahamas. It ain't Monaco. Honey, I ain't impressed with all the places we go. So at first, my first listen to this song. (laughs) I know. By the way, I know how ridiculous this is. But I just love how many different ways you can. This is people think, oh, this is just a dumb pop song. You can, this is like going to a museum and looking at art. There's all these different interpretations. All right. So you can just do read this at face value. Where this chick is just with this guy because he's rich. Right. And what she's, she's saying this stuff allegedly to him, but she's really saying it to herself. She's trying to convince herself that she's not in love with the lifestyle. It's that she really loves this guy. Now, this is the way I, I interpret it for years. And then the other day, it was in my head, and I was sort of laughing about the song. Um, and then I was starting, well, wait a minute. Maybe it's that she really loves this guy, but he has all of this stuff, and he's around all of these people and all of this temptations, all the temptation that she is fucking worried that she's going to lose the guy, right? Some other broad's going to come moving in on her, on, her, on her turf here, on that 90-foot yacht, if you know what I mean there. Um, so I think what it is for her is she's trying, she's waiting for this guy to drop the ring. He hasn't done it yet. So her way to feel in control is she has to kind of like knock down 
all of this shit that he's like, he's the guy knows how to fly a plane. He's got a black limousine. He's taking her all of these places and giving her diamond rings. He's hitting all the hot cities around the fucking world. And, you know, it's on his dime. And then she she says that she's not impressed, which, you know, is fucking rude. Right. If you take it at face value, but it's like, oh, she's nervous that she's just like, you know. This little passing fantasy fancy thing. And then, you know, he's going to move on to somebody else, you know. And she's tap dancing in the video. So it's like she feels like she has to always fucking be looking good and doing a little dance. Like, huh, see, my tits still perky enough for you. Right. And then say she's not impressed. And, you know, I'd rather stay home. Right. She's just trying to stay grounded. I don't know. I think she's worried the whole thing's going to go away and she's going to waste the best years of her life. And then the next guy she gets with is just going to have a regular dick and drive a fucking Plymouth satellite. Going, well, isn't that fancy? <laughs> um, anyway, let's talk some fucking NHL playoffs. The only series that I have time to watch. Uh, Bruins versus the Capitals. I only caught the third period. Uh, fucking, I heard Miller got hurt. I know he got hurt. And I guess we have to maybe, I don't know, someone from back from back east, the family back east was saying that, you know, one of our guys needed to go out and go fuck up some guy on the fucking Capitals. It's like, no, you know what we need to do? We need to send them home packing. That's what we need to do. That's what we need to do. Okay. And um, I don't know. I, I, I think the Capitals are a great team. And I actually think the next game is a must win because I don't want to be 3-2 with them and them and then the next game is, do they tie it up? That's what I love about a seven-game series, is you're down three games to one, and it's looking bleak, and all you have to do is win the next game, and the pressure goes back on the other person. So I am actually nervous about game five. Um, I want this thing to be over and done with. And uh, I got to give a shout-out to Ovechkin. That hit on Marshawn. As much as I love Brad Marchand and I love the Bruins, dude, there, is there anything better than a fucking clean, open ice hit? I mean, fucking blasted the helmet right off him. It was fucking amazing. And you watch that, and then you look at a guy like Wilson, who once again, there's a guy down on the ice. He's like fucking cross-checking him, and the NHL awards the Capitals with like a power play. It's like, I don't, I don't get what they're doing with that fucking serial killer. And what sucks about him is he can play. And you look at that hit Ovechkin did on Marshawn. It's like, dude, that's the way you do it. You have the size and you have the skill set to do that. And you can put the puck in the back of the net. There's no reason for you to be doing all of this other shit. There's no fucking reason for you to be doing it. I I just don't get it. And um, like I said, I know people always try to compare Marshawn to Wilson. It's just like, you know, you got a guy five foot fucking nothing 185 pounds, and then you got this fucking other guy who's six foot four, 230 pounds. I'm telling you, this, this guy's going to end fucking careers. Um, but whatever. I mean, it ain't on him. The, the fucking NHL just lets him play that way. It's really a strange thing. And I was actually nervous when we went up like four to one. And I'm like, please keep Wilson on the bench because he's going to go out there and just end somebody's fucking season, which I guess one of the other guys did with a fucking hit to the head. Um, 
that is the one aspect of fucking the NHL hockey that I've always loved the fights and physical and all of that type of shit of the game. But I always hated those Claude Lemieux players that would just take it to the point of like, oh, you guys are better than us, so we're just going to take out one of your best fucking players or whatever. Um, the Ulf Samuelsons, that type of shit. Um, so if they could get rid of that, you know, and just have hits like fucking Ovechkin get, I mean, that's, uh, how, how can you get mad at that? It was a thing of beauty. Um, all right, so critical game five for the Bruins. I think the pressure's on the Bruins. I don't want to be 3-2 with the Capitals. I want to fucking just put them to bed, rest up, then Miller can come back and see who we play uh, next round. Um, all right, and with that, the Celtics had their uh, first game against the upstart Brooklyn Nets. You know, just an upstart team, you know, pulling themselves up by the bootstrap with uh, a bunch of no-names like James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, just a bunch of knock-around guys that came out to compete for the love of the game. <laughs> oh, the NBA is the worst. I, I just hope they Baseball got out of this. I feel like baseball did, even though there's still teams that spend a lot of money. But those looking back, as much as, as fun as it was to see the Red Sox win in 04, if you look at that period during baseball, it was fucking ridiculous. It really was. 200, 190, 180, $200 million, 210, $209 million team, I think the Yankees had one time. Red Sox right behind them. It was, it, it was fucking ridiculous. Um, and you just spend the whole season just waiting for these two behemoth teams to clash and it makes the other 28 teams fucking irrelevant i've no i've said it forever but i'm going to continue fucking saying it until uh something is done about it it's just like i look i don't mind if you pick up a free agent or whatever but like this whole fucking nine guys all go to the same fucking team they won by 40 oh yeah they should have they should have um i don't think it's good for the league i don't think it's good uh, but people still sit down and watch it. So I should say it's not good for the game. I think it is good for the league because people then tune in because they want to see the the dream. It's like they have dream teams within the NBA where they used to have the dream team and it would go over and they would play like fucking, you know, Portugal. <laughs> dunking on them, putting their nuts in their face. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't, uh, I don't, that's not the kind of sports I want to watch. I want to watch an, I like, you know, every game, if you can go for the Chargers versus the Dolphins, that fucking game, like that's what I would like to watch rather than uh, this other bullshit. So, all right, that's it. Let me see if the, the reads and all that stuff came in at this point. Baby, it's just the way that you love me. I'm not impressed. Hilarious. Jesus Christ. What a thing to say. All right, four reads. Here we go. Oh, look who it is, everybody. Indochino. Uh, Have you ever felt self-conscious about getting dressed up? Uh, When you wear clothes that fit and feel comfortable, you will... You will be a better you. Indochino offers completely customized fitted suits, shirts, casual wear, and it and more at surprisingly and more at surprisingly affordable prices. Every piece is made to your exact measurements, and you can customize every detail. Choose everything about your suit from the fabric, lapel, monogram, and state statement linings. 
you can create a suit that fits you and your style perfectly. The best part, Indochino suits start at just $299 with all customizations included. Shop for your next best look or book a virtual style consultation at Indochino.com. Right now, you can get $50 off any purchase of a $399 or more by using code BURR at checkout. That's $50 off a purchase of $399 at Indochino, I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, promo code BURR. Oh, look who it is. Meandies, meandies. Look at your pylon team. Do, 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 do. Me undies, me undies. It's fucking boring, not a dream. What about the other 28? Are they supposed to sit around and act like you're great? You really aren't, you fucking lazy bastards. Win a championship the old school way with soft underwears. Summer is coming. And for so many of us, it's, it's the season of discomfort. It's hot out, and if you could sit around and just your underwear, you would. MeUndies wants to make this the summer of comfort, and they want you to know what, uh, what if you want to sit around. Wait. MeUndies wants to make this summer, this the summer of comfort, and they want you to know that if you want to sit around in your underwear, that's absolutely allowed. They got great copy, MeUndies. Great, comfortable, and ex- I just can't read it. That's the problem. I'm too dumb, but this is really... I, I can't imagine who writes this and how, how much def, how deflated they are when they hear me read it after all the work they put into it. Um, get comfortable and express yourself this summer with undies in the classic in classic and bold colors and fun and adventurous prints. Rushing home to change into something more comfortable is the thing is a thing of the past. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Stay comfy in me undies all day. Get undies, socks bralettes and more choose from endless styles in sizes extra small to 4xl which is what i'm going to be if i keep eating oreo cookies with their sustainably soft micro modal modal and ultralight breathe fabrics meundies has a great offer for my listeners for any first-time purchasers you can get 15 percent off and free shipping meundies and also meundies also has their problem-free philosophy uh, if you're not satisfied with any product for any reason They'll refund it or exchange it. No caveats. Ooh, big word. No questions. To get your 15% off your first order and free shipping, go to MeUndies.com slash Burr. That's MeUndies.com slash Burr for 15% off your first order and free shipping. All right, what do we got here? Oh, we got a couple more here. Um, Butcher Box. Butcher Box. Are you itching for the outdoors? Well, I'm not itching. I got all my MeUndies there. Um, it's barbecue season, baby, uh, baby, oh, baby, get ready for that, baby, get ready for that summer cookout, Paul Abdul wrote this, it's the barbecue season, baby, uh, get ready for that summer cookout, talk about the flexibility the product allows for an impromptu gathering, yeah, I always got a bunch of fresh, grass-fed, grass-fed, fucking, uh, grass-finished, fucking grassy meat, no antibiotics, no fucking, uh, they didn't slap these cows around. I got fresh, sustainably sourced fucking uh, pork chops ready to go. And I do. I got them in my freezer. I love it. I actually grabbed a steak the other day. We didn't know what we were going to eat. I just took it out. I fucking thawed the shit and I ate it and it was delicious. Um, 
Anyways, you know what's going to happen, so prepare for it. You're going to have an impromptu gathering. Uh, not everyone has convenient access to high-quality meat. Luck- well, Paul Abdul does. You're 90-foot yet. Uh, li- luckily, today's sponsor, ButcherBox, believes everyone deserves high-quality, humanely sourced meat. And when you sign up now, you get a free BBQ bundle in your first box. Two New York strip steaks, six burgers, and five pounds of drumsticks. All for free in your first box. Who does not love free meat? Every month, ButcherBox ships a curated selection of high-quality meat right to my home. No added antibiotics or hormones ever. Each box has 9 to 11 pounds of meat, enough for 24 individual meals. Um, I can customize my box or go with one of theirs. Either way, I get exactly what I want. Options like 100% grass-fed and finished beef. That's what I was trying to say. Free-range organic chickens. Get over here! Humanely raised pork. Wild-caught Alaskan salmon. You don't know what they're going to do. And sugar-slash-nitrate-free bacon. It's the way meat should be. And they even have free shipping nationwide, except Alaska and Hawaii. For a limited time, ButcherBox is offering new members a free BBQ bundle in their first box. That's two New York strip steaks, six burgers, and five pounds of drumsticks all for free in your first box. Just go to butcherbox.com slash burr. That's butcherbox.com slash burr to get a free BBQ bundle in your first box. All right. All right, here we go. Let's get to the questions. The questions here on the podcast. All right. What do we got here? Uh, Oh, look at this. Bill, great emails. CBD. CBD soda. Hey, Billy Bonham, uh, was listening to your previous podcast regarding your apprehension to drinking alcohol. Uh, you don't want to break the streak, but you also mentioned it'd be nice to get a buzz every once in a while. Have you heard of CBD soda? It's exactly what it sounds like. Flavored soda water with 25 milligrams of CBD in it. That sounds like a lot. It has helped enormously with my own drinking habit and gives you a pleasant, calming buzz without getting you messed up out of your mind. Uh, lets you get on with the rest of your day. Also, no hangover, which is a huge plus. Well, that's amazing. I don't know. I I don't. I, I think you know. I need to figure out who, what the fuck happened to me and who the fuck I am here first before I start going around in an altered state. Uh, just make sure to do your research so that you're getting a high quality, reputable product. Well, can you recommend one? The one downside is it can make you a little sleepy. But that can subside after an hour or just take a nap. All right, so obviously don't do this while driving. There are sugarless and natural flavored options too, so you can fend off the calories. Dude, the, we, are, we are in like the golden age of getting fucked up. I mean, they're, they're going to come up with ways where you can literally have your cake and eat it. You can get fucked up, you won't be belligerent, there's no hangover, and you won't get fat. I mean, that's about, there's still going to be a price to pay. I'm sure you're still killing brain cells or whatever. But there is like a, I don't know, what, what am I looking for to say here? There is a fucking, I was just thinking of mushrooms for some reason. So I completely lost my fucking train of thought, what I was trying to say. I don't know. I have no idea what the, what the fuck is going on with my brain. Maybe I need to drink this fucking shit here. I'm just saying Back in the day, you got fucked up. You paid the price. 
And a lot of people died at 27, it seemed. Nowadays, you can just fucking like, it's like I want to be fucked up, but I still want to build a house. We have the perfect marijuana for that, you know? Um, this guy ends it with up yours, cunt. I like that. All right. Pool cover. Now, I had a problem with my little splashabout. I, I refuse to call my pool a splashabout, okay? If you can go into your pool and at no point... You know, is there a place where you can just have your, your feet t- are touching the bottom and your head is still well out of the water? You, you do not have a pool. You have an in-ground, above-ground pool. Um, all right. Dear Billy Sunspot, <laughs> I have a solar's pool cover as well. Or should I say had? I had the same problem you did. I left it out and it got ruined. I didn't know it'd be like having a pet that required that much maintenance. I started asking questions to my brother-in-law who works at a tech company that dabbles in solar power. He basically told me that solar technology in general is where computers were in the 70s, except that people think it's as good as computers are now. He suggested getting aluminum or some other metal to cover the pool, some heavy-duty gloves so I don't burn my hands, oh, so you don't burn your hands when moving it. He said, essentially, it's the same thing. This was dis- disheartening. Sincerely, guy with small balls in cold pool. Oh, yeah. Well, they'll get it there. I mean, look what they've done with getting fucked up. You know? Um, I don't know. I don't know if I'm done with alcohol forever. I told my wife, like... uh if we ever go back to France, like I might come up, but then I just don't want to go through having taken me fucking six years to quit again. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm in a really good place here, despite you know my last podcast. I am. I'm just just going through some shit here, so I need I need to fucking do this, and I'm going to, and it's really going to benefit my kids. And now I actually kind of realize why subconsciously maybe I waited so long to have kids so I just really needed to pull the handbrake on the runaway freight train of dysfunction of you know and I'm not just coming down on my family tree just like in general just generally speaking you know the fallout of everybody trying to fix you know shit you got to understand it first so now that I do I just feel like uh you know I'll be a way better parent, hopefully. All right, Malibu deck collapse. What's up, you freckled freak? (laughs) Please do a story on the Malibu deck collapse. I didn't see that. The news coverage is fucking hysterical. The interviews of the pain and suffering they endured is beyond imaginable. How they fell the mind-blowing 15 feet to the jagged rock. I didn't hear about this. Jagged rocks below... Uh, with wine glasses and caviar without dying is beyond me. Oh, my God. The news coverage shows them limping to where Mercedes and BMWs. I almost pissed my pants. I sure hope they get the support they need to rebuild their $50,000 deck on their $30 million home. Well, haven't you ever heard that saying that your health is everything? Um, now... I know I seem like I'm rich shaming, but I'm old school and don't give a fuck. All right, I I can go with that. I was born in the 70s and grew up talking, uh, taking ass whooping, whooping from bullies while the teachers laughed when America wasn't full of snatch face sissies. 
Um, or maybe you're just still hurt from all of that. And this is the protective place you're still in. I mean, don't you wish somebody helped you out back then? So when, or if you're saying there's been an overcorrection, um, I don't even think there's an overcorrection in caring. I just think that there's a select group of fucking sociopaths, white women, that are, 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 are grabbing the steering wheel of this and really ignoring people of color and all of that. And they're making it about themselves and it's a power grab. That's really kind of what's going on here. I think, uh, check out the videos on YouTube and carry on. I saw your show at Madison square garden two years ago on mushrooms with my wife. Nice. And she's been hooked ever since to mushrooms or to my act. Dude, you see anything on mushrooms. You can be like, dude, I, I fucking like this. This is good shit. Um, all right. Ketamine. Ketamine. Greetings and love you, freckled fuck. As someone who has self-healed from a childhood of abuse slash neglect, who has been a bit timid about trying shrooms and shit, I high, highly recommend... Wait a minute. This guy spelled ketamine, K-E-T-O-M-I-N-E. Then, then he or she spells it K-O-T-M-I-N-E and M-D-M-A. MDMA is a safer version of ecstasy. MDA is not cut for parties with random shit. Yeah, dude, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going into that world. You know what the first song I heard, I just thought of, was the part where Madonna's moaning in that song, uh, "Smack my bitch up." Like all of a sudden, I'll just be in that thing, and she's in the background. I'll just hear her voice. Ah! Or is that Robert Plant? Um, I live in Oakland slash San Francisco and ketamine slash shrooms have been decriminalized for therapy. Wow. Can you imagine if this shit actually works? What if it actually fucking works and you could like cure people at the very least of the pain that happened to them? And then what if you could then give it to people that have inflicted pain and then they could fucking cure whatever made them, the pain that happened to them that made them hurt other people. Then how would they try and separate us? Then how could they pit us against each other? Um, when mushrooms take half a day, where mushrooms take half a day, I think is what you want to say, a dose of K will get you back to life in 30 hours? Dude, did you write this while high on this shit? When mushrooms take half a day, okay, that'd be 12 hours, a dose of K will get you back to life in 30 hour. Did you mean a third of an hour? But you feel like you died and came back squeaky clean. A nice fondle of the chakras, man. Um, I was tossed to the street at night by my mother at 10 years old for calling my father upset due to my stepfather's drunken destruction. Oh, and she chose him. My stepfather was molested and took it all out on me growing up. I didn't know the molestation till I was an adult, but shit was fucked. A poor fucked up redheaded stepchild from, from Vermont. So I relate to your New England ashy, bald, ginger fuck soul. Um, nothing has helped me like a week... With K and MDMA. I like how you've gotten in touch with your chakras, but still, if you're going to say that you relate to me as another man, 
I'm assuming you're straight that you then have to call me a fucking ashy, bald, gingered fuck soul so it doesn't seem too gay. Um, I let some hippies take me to Burning Man, which is an amazing art show, totally better than my sarcastic, non-New Age mind thought it would be. Jesus Christ, did I write this shit? You sound like me. I was dosed and finally broke down, cried, spent the week on a bike just pedaling and letting go of childhood drama. That sounds great. I tried DMT once, and every time I see a mosque, I see what started out, started most of our cultures. Uh, the word DMT brings you, the world DMT brings you is exactly what the ceiling of the mosque looked like. Religion is sober people trying to recreate one person's heavy drug-fueled weekend. Wow. Religion is sober people trying to recreate one person's heavy drug-fueled weekend. That's pretty fucking wild. All right. Cheated on fiancé with bottle service girl. Oh, boy. Come on, guys. I'm not a therapist. You're going too deep here. Bill, a little over a month ago, I I went on a bachelor trip, and I hooked up with the bottle service girl that worked our VIP booth. It's a wild story that I'd love to tell every detail, but long story short, the bottle service girl found out I was engaged after Google searching my name the day after we hooked up. I played at a big D1 college and had a... I don't want to read all your details. Uh... I don't have Facebook or I don't have any social medias, but now I've learned to never underestimate the investigative work of a group of girls at brunch drinking bottomless mimosas. And yes, of course, I would have given her a fake name, but it was my credit card. Oh my God. Oh my God. This is like, this is like a, a VIP booth and I had to give her my driver's license to verify the transaction. Anyway, she found my fiance's Instagram and told her everything that happened before I even boarded my connecting flight home. I was picked up from the airport and immediately confronted by my fiance. Literally, I was busted four hours after the bottle service girl dropped me off at the airport. I deleted everything on my phone except I didn't clear my Google search, to which my fiance finds how long until Molly kicks in. Oh, boy. Uh, if anyone's interested, about 30 minutes. <laughs> and Google is just kicking my ass left and right. I have never taken Molly before and some life advice for your listeners, if you're trying to stay faithful to your significant other, it's the last drug you should ever take. Me and my fiance are still together, but my life has been turned upside down. Everything I do is under a microscope, and this is something I never, I've never put up with, with other relationships, and I'm really struggling with it. The bachelor trip I went on was not mine, but my fiance is telling me that I can't have my own bachelor trip. Well, it sounds like you already had one, dude. I know that trust is gone and it's going to take years to gain it back, but I don't think I can set a precedent of giving up this much leverage in the relationship because I made one mistake. We're going to couples counseling twice a week and it's really helped clear the air and get something back on track, but it's been very one-sided. Yeah, well, dude, you got to, you got to, I don't know, dude, you're coming off a little selfish here. If you did what you did, you know, I don't know, dude. My gut's telling me you shouldn't get married. Um, Anyways, because you haven't said that you really love this woman at all. Uh, For example, I've confided in several of my best friends that were on the trip through text messages. And of course, I delete them because it's a conversation I wouldn't want her to see. It's bro talk that would undoubtedly be taken out of context and start a fight. Oh, boy, buddy. 
My fiance goes through my phone and sees that I'm deleting texts and tells my counts- our counselor about it. Yeah, dude, this relationship is over. Um, so I was basically told that I can't delete texts and I have to be transparent if I want this to work, and our counselor agreed. Uh, yeah. Prior to my cheating, she never went through my phone at all, so this is uncharted waters for me. I'm walking on eggshells, and it fucking sucks. She wants me to cut ties with the majority of my best friends that that were on the trip, and that's not going to happen. Yeah, it's over. I love my fiance. Okay, it's here. I want to marry her, and I want to be with her for the rest of my life. She's an incredible, beautiful woman, and I wish I could take back what I did. I made the mistake, and I'm the reason I am in this situation. All right, you're taking accountability here, but I don't think... I can be too much of a pushover in the in this process. I know I have to give in a bit here, but I feel like I have to draw a line at some point. Should I give up my bachelor trip because it's what she wants? Yeah, dude, I think you have to you have to say I already had mine. Um or do you have any advice for me to make a bachelor trip happen with my best friend that she now hates? Yeah, dude, I I just I don't see this relationship working. Um I think you're sad that you did what you did. I think you feel bad that you hurt her, but I also think that you probably equally feel bad for yourself. So, um, I don't know. And then you're texting. What are you texting? Dude, you see the tits on that chick? I mean, if that's what you're texting during all of this, um, I think you getting caught might have saved you a lot of money. Um, and kids that will fucking resent you or whatever. I, I, I just don't think you should. I don't think you should get married. Um, I think your only play here is just to say, look, how long are you going to fucking... I know I put myself in this situation, but like you totally don't trust me. You're going through my phone, and this, is, this level of control is going to drive me crazy after a while. But then you also already fucked up by having to delete text. So she, once again, you've broken the trust with her again. It's over, dude. It's a wrap. Either you put your balls in her purse or you fucking walk. So either get used to this and uh, not have a bachelor party. The fact that you still think you deserve one is pretty fucked up. I got to be honest with you. So I don't think you're at the level of maturity or maybe with the right person yet to get married. So if I was you, uh, I'm leaning. I would say get the fuck out now because it's not going to get any better. All right. Should I get a prenup? Dear Billy the Bull Burr. I'm a 27-year-old entrepreneur, and I'm engaged. My fiance is 21. We've been dating for almost one and a half years. I met her when she was 17. She's only 17. Uh, when I was working in, minim- in a minimum wage job trying to start up a business, I was kind of friend-zoned, but then perhaps that was because she was in high school. Uh, all right. Well, wait a second. You were 27. Weren't you friend-zoned because you were 10 years older than her? Because he was old as Jim Morrison when he died and she was still fucking, uh, <laughs> still had a book bag. All right. When I met her, well, I don't know. When I met her, I, I made about $12,000 per year and lived with my parents. But after starting my business, I made $160,000 in my first year and $180,000 in my second year. The business is just opening up two more locations in 2022 and continue to expanding after that. We didn't start dating until after I was making money. Uh, yeah, she was also a kid, dude, when you met her. So I see where you're going with this, but she was a fucking, I mean, 17 is ga ga goo goo ga. My parents insist that I'm crazy. 
if I don't get a prenuptial, prenuptial agreement as an argument could be made that my company is very valuable. And when I brought this up to her, she felt very insulted like I was indicating she was only in it for the money. Yeah, that's the thing with prenups. There's no way to bring it up where they're not going to get pissed. I said, I don't think that. It's just to appease my parents. Ah, that was a stupid thing to say. Then she thought I was saying my parents don't trust her. See, now you're into that. She'd probably sign it if I forced her, but would resent me for it. A little history on my girl. She was physically abused as a child, and the father eventually left the family. She had a very long sexual history before meeting me. Thought you met her at 17. These these fucking emails are too deep. This is above my pay grade, people. And according to her, I was the first person she told about her sexual history in depth and one one of only a few to know about the abuse. Um, all right, so she trusts you. That's a good thing. Since we've been together, she hasn't, if she's telling the truth, because I don't know any of these people in this story. I don't know you. Since we've been together, she hasn't given me any reason to doubt her. I'd say, doubt her. I'd say her behavior is the opposite of gold digging. She encourages me not to spend money on her as she says she doesn't deserve someone like me. Um, I can see my parent, brothers, and extended family's perspective, but they don't know her like I know her. And it seems wrong to say, hey, I love you, and want to spend the rest of my life with you, but just in case you're planning on running off my money, sign this. Any advice would be appreciated. Um, oh, Jesus. I mean, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, this is like one of the things that they don't talk about in the current narrative where how um, where as a man, how you're, you're just always viewed as the predator. But the thing is, when you become rich and successful, you become prey. You do. And there's way more women that will now have a conversation with you because of where you're at, the car you're driving, and the clothes you're wearing. Now, I understand their argument. It was like, well, I'm not going to hitch my wagon to some fucking loser. But, the, you know, the same way guys will marry for looks, some guys will do that. Some people, women will marry for the lifestyle. So... This is something that you're going to have to try and figure out. Yeah, there's prenups. There's fucking, I don't know what else is there, trust. She's pretty young, dude. I would be nervous that, like, wait, you're 10 years older, so she's 21, so you're 31. You got this crazy fucking business going. And she's going to marry into that. And she's 21 years old. She could hang with you for five years, let that shit blow up. And she still has the rest of her fucking 20s to take that money and then try to go out and find love. Yeah, I mean, I can see why your parents are putting that paranoid shit in your head. Um, but I'm not going to tell you what to do here, dude. This this is way too complex. All right. Um, All right, ladies, you know what? Can any ladies out there, ladies, how, how does a guy in that situation know? What is, and, and be brutally honest. Because, you know, I was joking about this. I did Conan last week. There's like women out here that can tell instantly if the Ferrari is yours, if you rented or rented it. There's a sticker somewhere. They, they just look and they know like, oh, he's just... He doesn't have Ferrari money. If they see you without that sticker, then they're like, ah. 
you know? And then they move on, right? To the guy who actually has the Ferrari. So there is that element out there. Is this person that? I have no idea. There's no way for me to tell. So somebody out there, uh, ladies, can you read from your playbook a little bit? How can this guy um, tell if this, this woman's being honest with them? I mean, those are some good signs. You know, don't don't buy me anything. I don't fucking deserve it, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I think that's fucking trauma from her childhood, which, you know, if you get abused like that, you feel fucking worthless. I don't know. I don't fucking know, guys. Come on. Let's just, let's try to keep it light here. All right. But ladies, write in. Let me know. Okay. Let this guy know. He's in a critical point here. Okay. That's the podcast. Go Bruins. Go Celtics. Go Red Sox. Go fuck yourselves. And I will check in on you on Thursday.